So, Chris, last episode we uh, made a big song and dance about the run-up to our 50th episode and doing a special 50th episode where we uh, revisit some topics to discuss them where we basically do a season one in review of the 50 things that we've ranked. Um, and I got to admit, knowing that we now only have about 15 episodes uh, until then, it's made me, um, it's fired me up to get to some of the topics that I've been particularly excited to do Um in, maybe in a way that'll mean we'll uh, do all the coolest topics in season one and then season two will be the inevitable. Um, uh, milking animals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 40 I mean, minutes. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Milking animals is the perfect metaphor for what uh, judging <laughs> judging through the second season of a podcast will be uh, more for our listenership than for us. But um, I just sent you uh, a list, um, a little, a little short list of the long list that I keep in my phone. So listeners, uh, I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but, uh, whereas Chris does no prefiguring of topics, um, or very, very rarely does I'll, uh, do by which by the standards of rank ideas is a, is a ton of preparation, which is that anytime I hear someone mention an idea in the world and I think, oh, that could be good for an episode. I'll just add it to a list in my phone. Um, so I just uh, did a quick burn and through and sent some of those topics to uh, Chris for this. The if this is your first time tuning in to Rank Ideas, uh, this is the bit before the opening credits where we decide what we're going to do uh, for this episode. Uh, what what framework does that sit in? Well, we can't tell you about the premise of the episode until after the opening credits because that's how the podcast works. You're catching up. Yeah, and the credits are always at a different time interval so that you can't get wise and be like, oh, I'm sick of hearing about how they come to the topic. Just give me the, give me the meat. We're on to you, new listener. Yeah. Um, so Welcome, by the way. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it's great to have you um, here. We, yeah, we love you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, really, please <laughs> sit down, relax. Go back through them all. They're, they're good. Yeah. Listen, um, to the, listen to the episode on, um, uh, what was a good one? Uh, listen to the episode on body modification. Just, just listen to that one right now and then come back and join the rest of this episode. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to the episode on body modification. Hope you enjoyed it as much as slated. Um, is that your favorite one, Nick? Is that why nah, you I think pornography is my favorite one, but that feels weird to say it because it's, it's because I feel like it, it's not because of the topic of pornography per se. It's just, I think that was the one where, um, we did the most digressing off topic in a way that was still kind of, um, additive to the topic, but I could, you know, that's already like over 15 episodes ago. So I could just have some, uh, mis misplaced nostalgia for the golden age of rank ideas. <laughs> A better time. Um, <laughs> look at, looking at this list that you've sent me, um, there's a lot of good stuff, a lot, a lot of heavy ones, to be honest. Uh, it's true. Um, actually, uh, look, one that's jumping out at me is, um, and you'll know why immediately is Gyms. Are you happy to do gyms? Yeah, yeah. I think that that could be a fun, frisky one, uh, by which I mean uh, I'll do my usual thing and take it into heavy, ponderous waters immediately. Better lighten that with some theme music. Pinging through the ether like a giant emotion. This lotion, this lotion. Sometimes commotion, sometimes no commotion. Rank ideas. Welcome, Welcome to Rank Ideas. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done we haven't done that so specifically before. Welcome to the Rank Ideas podcast, where we, that being Nick and Chris, see, we're back in our seamless flow. 
Um, we are ranking every human idea on a gigantic list from best to worst, one idea per episode um, for your edification. Yeah, and um, it's it's a it's a Sisyphean task, but um, having not uh, read much Greek mythology, I assume that means that it's a task that is endless and endlessly enjoyable. Um, yeah, just edifying. Yeah, yeah, and you get stronger with each iteration, <laughs> um, which is a, a nice metaphor for our um, topic today, which is gyms. I picked gyms because, uh, well, it was striking that Nick had put it on a list as an idea to rank um, because a gym is a place that Nick spends a lot of his professional and leisure time. Just so much time. So I, I work as a strength coach. Um, I teach people to do things uh, in gyms and then – I just spend so much other time in the gym uh, exercising, not just, I can't even say that honestly. Like I spend a lot of time in the gym working on my own physical training. And then sometimes I will just be sitting in a gym uh, writing pages of a feature film script about um, vampires, but I was just, I was just in the gym. So it was just the easiest. It's the place I ended up uh, to do stuff in. And yeah, like uh, gyms obviously are just such... um, strange places, uh, that, yeah, it felt like it would be, um, a really, uh, you know, that we would at least get 20 to 24 minutes out of discussing them today and then ranking them. But yeah. Do you, so, know, but, the, do you know the origins of gyms? Um, I certainly don't know what, uh, off the top of my head, which human culture would have had, uh, the first thing that we recognize as a gym. Um, I guess, you know, just quickly to define it, we're talking about a specific, um, space, a location um, that has that has been specifically set up for the development of physical training. So uh, you know, it's just got the it's got the resources and the equipment and the environmental framing to be uh, working on exercise and training goals and and uh, what might be called physical culture goals. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I know that um, ancient Greece is one of the first places where you can see clearly defined the idea of having physical practice separate to strictly speaking practical outcomes um which is is by which i mean that it's where you can clearly see the idea of having a physical uh formidableness uh as being seen as an end in and of itself rather than just something you would need in case you were a farmer or a soldier um or someone who was going to have to i don't know act as a chair for a nobleman Uh, does, I, I like the idea of, um, you talking about spending a lot of your time in gyms. That's not just for, for strength activities. I know that's, that's like immediately off topic, but I, I, I really like the image that you raised of you sitting there working on your vampire screenplay. Um, does a gym like, is it back off, off our definition? Is there anything about a gym that isn't based upon, um, altering in an improving direction your, your physical capabilities? It's interesting in a modern context to ask that question because I think obviously once you have the idea of being a gym goer or being into a certain type of fitness, quote unquote, as an identity marker, then you can then you create... You are, gyms already are an abstraction of... Can, could be perceived or argued as an abstraction of the way that um, phys, uh, physical development might have happened uh previous to the existence of gyms, i.e. you uh, have a physical pursuit that you, for practical reasons or even f- for personal reasons, and in doing that pursuit, you 
gain the fitness that you need to do it. Um, gym, gyms are an outcome of, of, of the idea of training. So first you have the concept of training, which we'll have to rank separately at some point, which is the idea at some point someone's, someone's realized, oh, the optimal way to get good at something isn't necessarily just doing that thing. Um, there, there can be, you might more efficiently gain an elite level or a f- deeper level of mastery at that thing by, um, aggregating, the skills uh, and physical attributes or other attributes relative to that thing separately. Once once you've got that one layer of abstraction, you've created the story or the thought process, which eventually leads you to gyms, which, you know, are almost like a, I mean, when I'm being uh, pretentious to my clients, I like to talk about um, gyms as just merely they're a laboratory space or an experimentation space or just a practice room. They're a place where you go and you uh, work on the skills. Um, it's and it's been that it, it's an area that's practically well set up for it. Um, the this net, like I said, with, there's so much fitness culture now and um, ideation about fitness, magical thinking around fitness, and enjoyment that people get from the feeling that they are part of some kind of gym culture or fitness culture. That you can argue. Well, I don't have to argue it. I see it in action. There's a lot of people in gyms stretching the stretching around the earth um who aren't necessarily achieving train effective training goals like they're not progressing in a is per se even like they may feel they are but what they're enjoying is a community space um and a sense of identity um bolstering or shaping that comes from being being the sort of person who goes to a gym which i'm sure is a big part of why people who um, hate gyms. I hate the idea of gyms. I hate going to them. It's part of the thing that they take issue with. And one that I think is a perfectly compelling thing to take issue with. Yeah. It's, I, I kind of think that that, um, that general movement has, has changed so much in the last five years, I don't know, just as an outsider making the observation anyway, um, because they've become so proliferate that, um, there, you, I feel like you can find a gym that matches whatever, like you're more able to find a gym that matches your, um, cultural identity. Yeah. There's been, um, there's been a hyper demographization. So, you know, mm. which is, and, and, you know, it's a cap, a capitalist delivery of it. Like basically the, you know, uh, uh, specific business model that was already at a saturation point busted massively through that saturation point And, was able to multiply itself many times by um, splintering a thing that used to be, you know, is uh, you know, I'm old enough to remember, um, you know, in the '90s before something, before a job like my job, you know, the idea of a personal trainer um, or as uh, or you know a more uh, you know a, a sports coach that didn't necessarily have to deliver a sporting success um, before that existed. Um, you, you know, gyms in the nineties, you would generally have a choice between like a bikey owned gym where people would just be doing bodybuilding style weights and, um, uh, you know, hanging out on cable machines and things like that. Or you'd have the YMCA, you know, which would have whatever type of community friendly setup. Um, and, uh, or you'd have, you know, athletes would have specific, um, athlete gyms. So for, there was a long period there where, um, there was the idea of who could make use of a gym space, at least culturally, was very strongly policed. Now it's completely um, exploded, but not in an all-inclusive way so much as just uh, a multi-siloed way where you have yeah. um, 
you have a gym for glamazons, you have a gym for um, queer people, you have a gym for, um, you know, like uh, unreconstructed bros, you have a gym for soft bros, you know, like as, as, as uh, minutely as you can carve it up, it gets carved up. Yeah, but not infinitely because um, as I was going to say just when you said, and it's a the capitalist construction uh, of the of um, demographization, it hasn't touched me because the reason I don't go to gyms is not because <laughs> I don't want to, it's because I can't afford to. There you <laughs> I, go. I, I, and I, I reckon I've been to, uh, I don't know, I was thinking about it at the start when you were talking about it, I think I've been to maybe, maybe a gym, maybe fewer than 20 times in all my years. And I, I quite... I, I, I don't dislike it. Um, you know, the, the times that I've gone to do stuff have been really fun, but I, I just um, don't, don't prioritize spending that, that the money on that sort of subscription over other things in life. And, but when I, when I was living in, um, in Budapest, I was in a, a pretty rough neighborhood, but they'd, they'd um, done this capital expenditure to, um, to, zhuzh it up a bit and they'd spent a lot of money on this sort of it, it had disproportionately beautiful park in the center of it um and in that park had um and, and they'd moved the academy of like modern pentathlon or something like that to mm. to this park and that's 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 like a, a um a more important sport over there than it is here and so consequently there, there are all these like public gym stuff gym works there and i loved it just using all the gear in the sun every day i, I like really got into it and i was like oh i can see why this is so popular and you know there was a social element because there would be the pe people there you could chat to and um people hanging out and i completely get it and see why it's so good to do do you, th do you think that um like what, what are the things that you have to consider about a gym as separate to training or as separate to all the other sort of ancillary functions that it performs. So fitness the, and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's tricky, right? Cause it's, cause they're not, um, so first thing, like the socioeconomic aspects of it, or just strongly the, sorry. Oh, just all those other things intersect pretty strongly with the, you, they the do, idea of a gym. They do. You've got the, um, you've got the cost obviously. And that's not just the, um, the monetary cost, although that's key. As you say, it's been hyper-demographized so that now um, anyone on earth who has the money to go to a gym can go to a gym. And um, uh, then there's also the idea of the cost of um, time, uh, the cost, you know, there's like gyms that aren't specifically in your house, uh, you know, there's no matter how well uh, appointed they are in terms of offering, you know, there are luxury gym experiences, but they're still, it's, it's not it's not ultimately convenient to go to a gym. There's no ultimate convenience around the idea of gym attendance. Um, as you could argue, there isn't around anything that um, brings pro brings progression of, of practice. There's always some level of uh, cost and sacrifice. But the um, other thing is just the idea of, you know, I don't think they're an interesting one because at no time in their conception, like as long as they've been uh, – gymnasiums as a thing that exists they've they've never been a neutral space they're always culturally and subculturally inscribed um and there's a character narrative on forget about gyms but fitness um which mm -hmm. you know is is hugely um it's a, it's a problem for a lot of people it's a the idea like you know we'll talk about this separately when we rank things like fitness but the idea of uh, the character narrative around a person who does fitness things is a good person, for instance, or the backlash to that, which is, oh, a person who does fitness things is a self-involved uh, meathead who, um, 
or, or you know, is, is, is self-regarding and, uh, you know, like a gym junkie is someone is, is, is a, is, is a term that, you know, even people who self-appellate as a gym junkie kind of jokingly, it's still, you know, they're still reappropriating, a a you know, a burn, like a zing, you know, the idea that someone is spending a lot of navel gazing mm-hmm. time working on their own physique. And, and again, that idea of it being abstracted from the practical, um, but, but I, I think that those things shouldn't really factor into our considerations, you know, like they're just lazy. Um, I think again, as someone who spends my time in gym spaces and I mean, obviously I have control over my gym space as, as the lead trainer in my little space. Like I have the downstairs bit of a gym that is owned by, um, the owner of the gym, but, uh, I, I have a space in that gym where I get to operate with relative autonomy. Um, also I think, you know, the Ben who owns the gym, his, he and I have a lot of aligned values. Um, but I, yeah, I really specifically run my space as one that's, um, in defiance or, or, you know, um, performative ignorance of a lot of what the fitness, fitness industry is about. You know, there's no, no narrative around, um, no narratives around weight loss or, um, fitness defining character or, uh, certain, certain types of character or personality types being required or attitudes being required to be able to, to, to acquire new things that your body can do. This actually um, just reminds me of the most recent time that I went to a gym. I think I told you about it. It was just a, one at the end of my street. I wanted to just check it out. It was like a free trial and it was like they do the high intensity interval training. And I was hoping to um, supplement my football training for the year by just doing some other fun stuff. And I went there. I'm not a like a, 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 a I'm not uncapable with my body mm. um, in a lot of ways. Um, and um, and the the class at the beginning, the the woman said the tra- the trainer. She said, um, "Have you have you exercised before?" And I said, "Yeah, I guess." And um, and then she's like, "Okay." And then f- fifty minutes later, she was like yelling in my face, "Go, Blondie, go harder, harder!" I was like, "I think I'm in." <laughs> trouble and like it's like keep going and like i tore my abdomen like pretty badly i couldn't i couldn't um, do anything for a couple of weeks i was really angry i was like so like so frustrated at one time i tried to buy into that type of world and you know take the benefits like that uh you know the kind of i don't know the negative stereotyping that i have about that culture like was born out and yeah absolutely one-to-one yeah and it's um you know it's such a common story and a common occurrence and it's it's tricky right because i mean on paper, if there's one place where injuries, for instance, shouldn't happen, it's in gyms because the idea of it, because a gym is a practice room. It's mm. not a, it shouldn't, on paper, it's not a, it's not a competitive space. Um, and it's not a, uh, it's, it's not a space about, it's, it's I mean. There's no incentive to go beyond your limit. <laughs> this is the thing, right? And this is why yeah. I think you can't remove these things from the idea of gyms because, I mean, if if we were to try and posit a version of gyms and put this on put it on this list that was a more neutral space like just a practical a useful practical tool uh, yeah, we, we think, would we would have to downvote a lot of other things um that uh yeah that that cross map into it um you'd need a society where there was a lot more um where there was a lot less um character narrative and kind of magical thinking around fitness i mean for me um, I mean, it's tricky, right? Because my job as a trainer fundamentally is about optimizing people's stress as in ex- tra- training exercise and particularly training is stress on the body. You have to stress the body so that the body then, uh, adapts to the stress. And that's how a body changes to become fitter at fitter for a purpose. Um, 
as you know, too little stress, you won't get the change. Too much stress, you'll uh, injure your, injure the body. So um, on on paper, a big part of what a gym should be offering is humans with reference and expertise to coach you through that uh, that those judgments around optimized stress as you just demonstrated at least in a country like Australia the general the the general ability and skill level of coaches and trainers to do that is low like it's it's not good and the right. and and separate like it's not like the injury rates in Australia uh should be fairly like <laughs> our, our his you know the rough analogy is like we're about as good at at taking care of athletes like yeah ours our um athletic training culture is is about relative to like the US healthcare system as in just so sure just so comically inadequate compared to the knowledge base that we should be able to enact um as a as a developed country um and the thing that stops us from doing that is all of the is the stories all of the the cultural narratives and the um and the intuitions our commonly held intuitions about what training should be and how exercise should work. And gyms are completely infected with that. And for me to even run a space that is a counter to that or a different or a separate modeling to that still has to be a political act. Like I literally still have to get, you know, I have, I have to be making political action to do that in my gym. It's not just a, it's not like I'm just, um, reverting to some neutral baseline that ever existed. It's, there is no neutral baseline. What what do you mean for our listeners by political act? Um, so just to say, like the the most obvious to hand example is to run, um, uh, run a run a space with no weight loss narratives and no um, engagement with the concept of weight loss as a training goal. Um, and you know, there's a lot of reasons I do that. Uh, a primary one is just the idea of me feeling like the idea of body weight, body fat percentage, and fitness just they they don't they don't map across each other or intersect or index to each other the way that popular intuitions believe they do. And I also think that the harm that that intuition causes is vastly in, in excess of any good that it would do. And so I, I, ref, I make the choice to refuse to engage with it. And, um, also it means that people who are people who are fat and, um, have every reason to, believe and expect that their body can acquire new skills that they might find enjoyable or, or new capacities they might find enjoyable. Uh, it means that there's at least, it means that there's a gym that they can come to <laughs> and not, yeah. not feel yet, yeah, not feel that there are barriers there where that, that don't actually exist except as, um, uh, cultural narratives as cultural narratives. Yeah. That's one example. Um, but the, these are also like, I think that, um, we talk about the things that you'd have to downweight to exclude these uh, narratives from gyms. I don't think that they're too. Um, I don't think that's an unimaginable goal. Like I can, th- no. I can think of, like I think of gyms when I think of gyms uh, that are neutral to me. I think of ones that are just uh, underused. Like so it's it's the people that are bringing the situation. So like a, you know a gym at like a, an apartment building or something like that. For me, that doesn't come with any of the connotations of, um, you know, being in that space means that uh, I should perform X in X manner or like, like and, the, like the, the, the weights of the narratives are only what I bring into that space. Yeah. In true. that environment. And, and, um, and yeah. so, and there's no reason that, um, you know, you can't imagine, you know, societies in our current, in our current, um, world that, um, would have gym spaces as, as spaces to train and to, you know, uh, share skills and, um, have all sort of gradual improvements that uh, I assume are the, the, the positive, the, the meritorious things that that we um, visit them in spite of many of these negative things. 
And to give me some space to go off on uh, all the things that make me excited in my engagement with gyms, I mean, because, you know, the the number one thing that a gym is when it's working well and I, you know, and it's funny, the hotel, the a hotel gym or um, an apartment building gym is usually the can- the opposite of this. But the idea mm. is that it's just a space that has um, use, you know, equipment in it um, or a or a type of space put together that is useful to purpose that brings some efficiency to a training process. As in, you know, the counter to the classic question that people would ask is like, "Oh, why don't you just run around the block?" which is, you know, the answer to that would be like, well, I'm not because I don't want to get fit to run around the block. I, I particularly maybe want to get, um, want to get strong or injury resistant. I want to get good at this. I want to pick up the attributes that index well to this particular sport I want to do or that keep me safe. Uh, you know, I'm a hospital wardsman and I have to be lifting bodies out of beds and I need to, and I want to be, uh, physically resilient and effective at that. Um, and yeah, and the fact is we've just, uh, so this is this is the argument for abstraction. So I feel it's easy to kind of go, oh, gyms are so abstracted from what we used to do, which is just a lot of honest work outside, um, which is, you know, like I'm, I'm perfectly in favor of honest work outside in the abstract. I don't I don't like being in the sun that much myself. But the um, the idea of, you know, it's like any use of technology. We've we at one point we've developed technology or processes which have gotten uh, quicker and quicker and better results um, with less time cost. Uh, there are still, as we say, there was still costs built in to access those resources. But, you know, my, for me, a gym is a, is a you know, I get, obviously I, I'm the sort of person who gets super geeky about gym gear in balance. Like it, you can, you can, like anything, you can end up chasing gimmicks, but there are definitely devices, techno, you know, pieces of technology that can get, uh, that can help bodies develop in certain ways, way more efficiency, way more efficiency, or to to a level that just couldn't be achieved without them or without some other type of process. And that's cool and fun. And uh, like a, this, the same defense that I've made of a few things uh, in the past few episodes, things like fashion um, and uh, inheritance, where you can kind of you can create. Um, just big geeky worlds like, you know, gym junkies are in their, are in their own nerdy, nerdy universe. And I mean, at the, at the toxic end, it becomes a fandom um, and there's ideologies and cults of personality and all these things that we have already downvoting on the list. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's something fun about just having a whole universe of like gear and thought and people trying things to try and get results. Yeah. I also really like, um, much like with sports, I like that uh, there's like, there's you know, it is its own um pursuit you know like there's no i don't know i don't really know exactly how i'm trying what like the, I, don't, I don't have the words to express what i'm thinking but i like i like that um the meditative sort of social elements of going and doing something and improving at it and that's it you know like and i'm potentially yeah, and i'm and i'm one thing i love the idea of challenging is the idea of things needing to have a point i think there's there are multiple yeah, this yeah. is maybe the this is one of the first ideas i think we've looked at where i get to bring that up so strongly the idea of yeah people would look down you know the idea of people looking down the idea of running on a treadmill you know it's like ugh, why would I, why would i why, why do i drive to the gym and run on the treadmill um, I could just run to the gym or just go for a run in the outside. And I'm like, to me, the only answer to that is like, yes, if you prefer running outside, um, you should do that. Um, if you don't want to run on a treadmill, but you still want to get fit, then there's a lot of other things you could do. Like there is no particular argument for a treadmill, except if you 
like to run and you like to run indoors with the TV in front of you and uh, with like a, re- a technologically assisted regulation of um, slope and pace, then, you know, you could, there's a, treadmills exist and you can have a go at them and they don't, uh, yeah, the idea of that, yeah, the, the idea of it needing to have a more direct outcome other than just itself, um, particularly, and again, I'll keep, I'll bring this up in an, an, an obnoxious amount, um, in a world with, uh, 7 billion people in climbing, the idea of that everything that everyone should be doing should have some direct practical purpose as if that's a thing that exists neatly anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I mean, I have, I have a sport, so I mean, I'll admit it helps me, um, to frame and structure my training, knowing that my prior, I have a clear physical priority, which is to try and get better at winning wrestling matches. Um, cause that's a sport that I do. Um, and of course, and again, that idea of why gyms are necessary, they're a whole act like I would, to me, I would happily extend the idea of what gymnasiums are to the, the, to something like a wrestling room, which is a room that has a specific type of matted surface, a gymnastics. Yeah. I'm imagining also like gymnastics trainings or yeah. 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 Anything, anything. And, you know, and I think when you spread that out, like the, yeah, the idea of just any type of physical training room that's purpose built, you have Mm. the, the variety of different types of spaces that that can mean is fun as well. Um, but yeah, like for me, I'll admit I'm probably closer to the end of the spectrum of someone who needs to have a, 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 a sense of a goal in mind. But the idea that a sport, which let's face it, is just another made up pursuit, the idea that that's more valid than someone who's like, I just want to have um, thick lats and look at them in the mirror or, and you know, this is where my intuitions fall down because I, and maybe it's just because people are paying me good money, like really good money to, um, help to help them in their fitness goals. I tend to look, I tend to instinctively look down or look askew at gyms that are most, that seem to be just most a community, mostly a community enjoyment model where people are just kind of having a good time and being friends and friendly at the gym. Um, I tend to sneer at that cause I'm like, that's not training. That's just exercise, which, and then again, which again, <laughs> exercise is a perfectly wonderful thing. Um, Obviously, yeah, for me, I'm driven to make sure, like, obviously I want people at my gym to have a good time and be friends with each other. But to me, that can't be enough, but also that should be enough sensibly. Um, I still think I, that said, I don't think that's, I, I'm not comfortable about that being enough if it also involves people being jacked for more money than they should be paying or, um, policed subculturally in ways but, just uh, to access there's nothing something. Inherent, there's nothing inherently like, you know, financial about a gym. You know, I, I th- those are those are other systems to to consider. It's true. I mean, and again, I didn't grow up in a in a bracket where I could go to expensive gyms or trainers or whatever. And my mum and I, my mum and I used to go to the Y to the YMCA um, before school uh, three mornings a week, and we'd do a kind of mum focused circuit training class together. Um, That's lovely. It, it was good, and um, yeah, uh, that idea. Uh, you know, this, uh, this actually m- me getting into weight training years before I had any actual acuity around it was, um, another thing, like the, my first experience of training weights, I don't think this is even that unusual in a place like Australia, but when I was in, uh, high school and I was on, I was on the school cycling team and, uh, not doing very well. I got cut. I got cut from the competition side, um, after training all year. And I wanted to, you know, uh, come back the next year super, um, you know, and not get cut. Um, I talked to mom about wanting to go to a gym and she was working as, as, uh, the education officer at the Broken Hill, uh, jail at the time. 
and there was a room, like a granny flat behind a house that had been set up as a gym for the guards. Um, just as at some point someone had been like, oh, here's, here's a, here's another sweetener for your, for your job. Like we've got a, we've got this weights room set up behind a house and, um, none of the guards ever used it. Like they didn't take, they didn't take it up. And so my mom, mom just gave me the key and I would go there. Yeah. I would go there a few times a week and just weight train. And I had no coaching, no one to tell me what to do, what, what there was. And I think a lot of people will resonate with this who've, uh, my era, there was just a copy of the Arnold Schwarzenegger encyclopedia of body, bodybuilding, uh, in the space. And I would just read that and it had pictures and I would just try and approximate what was in the pictures. And then every, every week I would just put more weight on the bar and try and do it. And I'm really lucky I didn't hurt myself permanently. Um, yeah, it's like my basically robust kind of Slavic build, I think helped me there, but that was, uh, this is really, this is really, these are really powerful insights for me in my, you know, uh, quest for the Nick Deletovic founding myth. It's, um, definitely, uh, I feel like it was a, just a just a tiny sliding doors moment away from it being the myth of like what is the creation myth of of my friend Nick Delavick whose um uh whose whose uh, limbs Arms don't hang exactly by. exactly who who drives drives along and um one is, uh, it's one of those like Star Trek style completely encloses the body with just he's just a head poking out of a Dalek style body. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the final form for you though. So it's it's coming. Yeah, it, you can only cheat fate so many times. It's true. It, hey, and again, um, as as we said in previous episodes, if that's the version of immortality that's on offer, I'll take it. Yeah, just one beep for yes, two beeps for no. Oh god. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah? I'm. I'm gonna have to have a whole full dinner with you about this one one day. <laughs> Think about—I um, could still tell jokes with that with that format, and that's. Oh, no, I bet you could. <laughs> uh, yeah, go on, Nick. <laughs> You're crying. Yeah, he's, he actually is funnier than before. That's the thing. Mm. Um, uh, I think before we get into ranking this, we've got to conceive of what um, you know. What what are the elements of gyms that completely exist independent of their existence? So, like. Um, you know, in a world without gyms, you've still got exercise. You've still got getting together to exercise. Yeah. Um, you've still got fitness equipment even. You just, it's really the, yeah, the, you just, uh, this, the, yeah. the idea of, yeah, a gym is a curated, organized space for it. Um, and yeah, I mean, and look, this is, this is the thing, um, that maybe is a big, another big argument in its favor and it's very nerdy, um, and counter to a lot of people's intuitions, but the, the, the research back those are two those are two things I just can't imagine <laughs> would lead to some to something that you would say I know right but yeah um the greatest statistical indicator for at least um, athletic success is training environment so uh, but this is so literally where you tr- where you train and what what the environment what the group that you train with is is very key that said that's uh, very arguably more based on the humans, the other humans that you train with, rather than necessarily mm. what the room or the space is like. But critically, um, gyms are social spaces usually, even if it's just a couple of people in there. Even if it's just one person in there, they're still that person still put a space together. Uh, this they're still using community narratives to shape what that space is. So, hey, I'll tell you this one: the that uh, modern pentathlon uh, training area that I was telling you about earlier. Um, there's an Australian woman who lives in Budapest and she, she, she trains there and she won the gold medal at Rio. That's sick. And this, this is the thing, like it's, a, it's, an, it could have been me. <laughs> yeah. 
Chris, I feel like you uh, demonstrate the traits and acuities of a 19th century cavalry officer in all kinds of ways, other than being a master of those five events. So, you know. <laughs> um, Thank you. It's Yeah, it's you're welcome. And, um, yeah, I feel like... Uh, that's the classic thing, right? Like if you're in, if you're in Australia and you're if you're an Australian and you're a swimmer or a cricket player, then great, you you stay here and you excel at that. Um, if you, yeah. if you're an Australian and you're a modern pentathlete, you have to go to the country. You have to go to the room to the environment where yeah. that's where that is going to be escalated and elevated. And um, you can't there's otherwise there's there's limits to where you'll get. It doesn't matter how how dedicated or how yeah is it. Uh, elite performance is a resource challenge as much as it's anything else. And yeah, the idea. But so, we're, but we're, are we assuming that elite performance is um, is the is the is, optimal goal for humans? No, is an objective, but or even an objective good? You know, like exactly. Say if all say if all elite performance was ten percent lower, is society impoverished or is society just at two thousand and twelve levels of yeah, elite performance? For all we know, if, we'll have to have its own discussion. But for all we know, it would be better without it. Like as in, we know that mm. we know that. Um, we know that the elite individual is the unbalanced individual, and again, doesn't yeah. balance isn't necessarily the best. We would we we would circle around a lot of things, uh, which is what we will do across the surf, the course of this podcast, and this will be the fun part of squaring all these things uh, away from each other. But I love that, Nick. I, I can see a, a picture of um, you in an office, like with a thousand books behind you, looking crazy, and then a quote like "the elite individual is the unbalanced individual." I really like that. <laughs> it's um, I'm, I'm never going to forget that. Did you Did you come up with no, that? No, definitely. I mean, I came up with that wording just now. I came up with that with mm. that pithiness, but no, my um, uh, my strength coach. That's something. My, Oscar Wilde got away with that. It's true. My strength coach Pete uh, talks about it all the time. Like the big thing, you know, the thing that he, in terms of my own efforts to still be getting better in sport, like he he the thesis that he puts across to me all the time is that the, is the idea that I'm too balanced, like is that I have too much, right. too, you know, too much, um, too much else in my life, too much, uh, perspective to yeah. leave in, yeah. you know, to leave in the idea of the stakes to just, uh, yeah. yeah, too, too okay with where I'm at. And it, you know, his supposition is that to, for me to really, to, to bolster up to uh, elite levels, it would have to it would have to matter so much and the stakes of, I would have to be miserable every time I lost, um, not be able to take it, not be able to yeah. take losing. And, um, you know, yeah. and th that pain would have to fuel you. That's it. And I mean, again, he could be wrong. Like these are not, I don't know if these things are proven that way, but. Um, no, do, do you remember Clyde? Did, did, did you go to the in Canberra tonight at the casino? Yes. Of all places? Yeah, I did. Do you remember Clyde Rathbone? The um, So in Canberra tonight's a variety show that uh, I used to, um, host and um, Clyde Rathbone, who's a a, a wallaby, um, a, a professional was a, pro a former professional rugby union player, which is um, an inspiring for story for a wallaby to become a professional athlete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he um, was a guest, and he he had very recently retired at the end of his um, career, and he um, he said, "Oh, you know, it's just out there. Sometimes I'm like, you know what." what are we trying to do? You know, is it, is it important? I mean, like, I know we're going to get the ball there, but you know, like why? And like, who cares? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I just, I'd never, I'd never heard that um, sort of circumspection from um, someone who's able to perform at that elite level before. It's, it's, um, it's nice. Right? I don't, so maybe it's not a prerequisite, but it is, it was really, yeah, it was really nice to hear. It's, and again, like the answer is uh, you could be doing the answer for Clyde. Luckily is that any, anyone doing any other thing could still end up asking that question. But 
Um, it is nice from someone who, yes, as you can imagine, you it's easy to imagine them having a vested interest in propping up the idea of, no, this is important. Um, you know, it's a bit like, yeah. And, and I relate to it. To, you know, I have that neuroses clearly, the idea, you know, the fact that we're here talking about gyms and I'm, and the fact that we would start talking about gyms, that I would start that discussion by raising all of the problems uh, or issues with them. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I got a real, I got a real case of the, the Clydes there, but, um, yeah, the, um, that one's not going on the motivational <laughs> post. <laughs> what about my, got a real case of the Clydes. What about my there? wallaby joke? <laughs> definitely. Oh, uh, we're cutting that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just replace it with one beep for yes. The, um, <laughs> there we <go. laughs> somewhat back. Uh, the, uh, yeah, it's, this is an interesting one, um, as an idea because yeah, I feel like the, uh, you can happily rate just, you, you could just take the clean idea of a space that a curated environment for a ty for types of physical training and, um, have it be that narrowly defined and say that all of the other junk that ends up on it, it are just other bad things that we're going to downvote if we get that. And then, you know, I feel like this will and it'll end up ranking somewhere in the neutral middle. Um, but yeah, do you think? Oh, uh, I'm going to add something though. Sorry, yeah, I, 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 we've overlooked um, that the 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 capacity to maximize um, your performance and, and increase your physical capabilities is linked to a huge number of um, genuinely beneficial things. Sorry, uh, it's genuinely beneficial, of course, they're all subjective things, but. Um, to uh, people being able to perform tasks that they otherwise wouldn't be able to perform that have enriched the species, I think could be contended. Um, or, sure. uh, or even ev even if they're not sort of outlier, unique, one-off things. The example that you gave of a, um, you work at the hospital, you have to move bodies. Um, by going to the gym, you're able to do that for a longer period of time. That's a, ver that's, that's a value. Um, and, and things like that. I think that there's, uh, I think that there is, um, utility in all of that as well. It's certainly like being able, being able to maximize physical performance is something you would want to retain into a future society that I suggest would end up maybe being a bit higher than, um, you know, just being adapted slashed into the indifferent middle. It's certainly a, um, it's, yeah, it's a nice thing. The idea that whatever your physical state is, you can change it, which again, that's just, that's just exercise and training. That's not gyms, but the, um, still like there are some thing, the idea that there's that potential, um, to make change of state. Like it's really fun as a trainer being able to work with people on athletic goals, which they then achieve that, are you know, them doing something flashy in a, in an audience, uh, in an arena with an audience. That's cool. Um, it's, it's, there's a particular satisfaction in working with people on things like their injury resistance for the things they have to do in life. And I mean, uh, a, a lot of the time with clients, I get to just help them reduce their pain. Like, you know, people who might have some chronic pain or ongoing pain profile in their life and then helping them have some reduction to that through uh, physical practice. Um, that's pretty hard to beat in terms of uh, just a nice thing to feel part of. Um, could you train me to dunk? No, but um, some, sure? someone could definitely train you. To, I think probably probably what you need is a basketball coach. I could I could make you stronger in uh, all of the ways that would make it easier for someone to teach you to dunk. That'd do it. I'm really not far off. I've done it. I had done it as a younger man. I was real smug actually. I've been watching this doco uh, that's coming out on the '90s Chicago Bulls uh, basketball team. And, um, yeah, we've all been we've all been watching it. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, new listener, for insulting you. Uh, but yeah. the um, but the yeah, there's obviously there's a little bit um, 
where this is, you know, it's as leading up to the to the first successful championship year where uh, it's Michael, who's already like four years into his career or something, uh, decides to hit the gym and uh, focus on strength as an attribute and as specifically a strength coach. And my um, partner, Zev, also works in that area. You know, it was hard for us not to um, chortle smugly uh, dur- <laughs> during during that three seconds of footage <laughs> that most people probably weren't even clocking. No, I remember that bit. And because, I mean, it's it's market. You can see how much larger he becomes. Yeah. And, um, you know, the if, if <laughs> as Michael Jordan uh, nicely dovetailing back to the idea of the unbalanced uh, elite individual. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was almost going to raise it before, but I thought it was too archetypal. Yeah. He just, I just love how, I love how he just never forgives anything. Like the bit where he's like, yeah. the, bit, the bit where now he's being interviewed now and he's like, look, if Scottie Pippen said he had a migraine, then he had a migraine in 1989. Yeah, and you're like, he God. clearly he clearly has not forgiven him for having a migraine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> decades later. <laughs> um, so uh, anything else before we rank? Are we ready to rank? No, let's do it. Sweet. All right. So looking at the list. So if we look at male is still kind of hovering around the, is, is still our rough middle. Um, I think above male. Yeah. Yeah. I think above male as well. We've got pornography. Above that, we've got acting above that, harnessing electricity above that, lunch above that. I think those are some pretty heavy hitters in terms of like. Yeah, they're hot. That's a hot. That's a rich middle. Yeah, I, think, I don't think I don't think it's better than any of those. Do you? Yeah, no, I think yeah. Did we just find? Oh, it actually, maybe pornography. Um, people, no, and the perfect version of a gym, unless unless we have a world with no resource in a, uh, scarcity, um, not everyone's going to be able to. Uh, use a gym. Um, anyone, worst case, you can always make pornography yourself if you get really stuck. Um, so yeah, if <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what that does, that's no use. These aren't useful metrics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking, access. Ac- I'm just talking about access. I'm talking about if if yeah if if pornography can be uh, if pornography is useful and can be useful to everyone. Um, Why can't you have universally accessible gyms? I'm sure they do in North Korea. Where they do have resource scarcity. Um, the I think you could. So yeah, it's. Um, I'm wondering aloud. Yeah, I mean it's tricky when we haven't. Um, yeah, the idea of uh, it's tricky though because at the moment, like you have you have scarcity as a physical reality in the world at the moment. That would and it would take a huge some huge feat of technological shift to change. So, um, which I think is an idea that should be ranked high when we rank it. Um, it'd be interesting to know exactly how to, how to sum that up in words, but, mm. but yeah, uh, post scarcity, probably, Ugh, I'm pretty good at words. Um, the, uh, <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I guess when we talked about pornography, we talked about the idea of like pornography is good, but it's, it's, pornography is just the depiction of sexual activity, um, for the edification of the, for the erotic edification of the individual. You don't need that to have, um, sexual fulfillment per se, and we, as we said, you don't need gyms to be able to have um an incre- to have an improvement in physical practice. Um, I feel like yeah, they're they're in the same terrain. They really you know, are in the same terrain. Nice, nice to have. <laughs> nice, to, not only nice to have, but both of them have create an order of magnitude jump in how efficiently and effectively you can access the thing that, yeah. that you're accessing. They're really comparable. Yeah. It's <laughs> probably maybe unsurprising. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to leave this one to you, Chris, for the 
for the first time. I'd I'd put I'd put gyms above pornography. I think. Okay. Um, yeah. If 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 if, the, if it was like an ideal gym on every corner or ideal pornography in everyone's home. Oh, they're both really good. Yeah, I like both those things. Hmm. Yeah. This is great. This is this is. <laughs> I, 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 think, I, was, I still think above. My, my instinct is above. Okay, it's great. I was not expecting gyms versus gym and pornography to be the two hardest ones yet to fight it out. Um, this one feels goodness. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, yeah, I feel like looking at the the profundity of what it can be to help someone break through their perceived barriers of um, uh, what they can do with their body. Um, the social element, yeah, as and well. the, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, pornog- and the improvement. Yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah, shared shared physical practice is potentially a more a pro-social activity than um, pornography can ultimately be. Not, I think there's lots of other expressions of sex that can be just as pro-social and great, but pornography maybe not so much. Cool. All right. Yeah. Great. We got there. All right. I'm satisfied with that now. Underneath, Wonderful. underneath acting and above, pornography. Terrific. Um, Little weekend to-do list. Yeah, it'd be good. Um, actually, actually, is it better than acting, maybe? Oh, do you think? Oh, goodness. Um, it's not better than harnessing electricity. I'm just, you know, this is, this, is, this is for endless posterity, so I'm just, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I want to get it right. Uh, I just assumed it wasn't better than acting because I think that um, the, the power of transmuting stories is something that you want to... Um, protect but um yeah you know look yeah in a world where there's still other options for physical um for physical training and, and, and transcendence yeah i think you're right great okay cool all right great awesome. excellent extra thorough what uh yeah i uh, hope you enjoyed that extra thorough ranking ending to this episode of rank ideas so um just to reiterate uh i might not say it every episode we'll find out where it's a semi-improvised podcast really but the um uh, our fiftieth episode, we're going to be re- um, revisiting topics for discussion, not for re-ranking, but just to um, raise to raise things that uh, we f- feel didn't get as articulated in a fun way as they could be on previous episodes, and also just to most importantly to field with and contend with uh, listener feedback. So um, we was if you want to say something about any of the topics that we've ranked and uh, what issues you might have taken with our rankings or uh, what dimensions you think we lost. Um, I'm pretty confident to say that if you let us know between now and episode 50, we will talk about what you said and um, list you by name or even give you um, a cool nickname. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Chris is very unhappy with me. Sorry for not adding much to that. I was like, what if their name's already a cool nickname? I'm like, why am I being contrarian to what is such a nice offer for the listeners? (laughs) My name is Dude Meister. Um, (laughs) your nickname will be (laughs) the claw. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. 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 Not worse or better. Um, cool. No, not not better. Um, (laughs) for sure. All right. We hope you, we hope you enjoyed that, uh, extra, uh, spacey, um, coded the episode. And by that, I mean, I hope that our producer Nick Mick, um, didn't, uh, edit it out. (laughs) Do whatever you think is right. Nick (laughs) Mick, you know where to put the, you know where to put that sick, uh, back bit of the theme song and as always nick mick we love you and appreciate everything that you do um we'll see all of you you. on the next episode of the podcast rank ideas sometimes commotion sometimes
motion 